1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Jill McGranahan. Greetings and welcome back to WKOK's live telephone talk show. Uh, this is one of those rare opportunities where we get to talk to both candidates in a political campaign and receive a real compare and contrast opportunity. So on WKOK's On the Mark program right now, uh, we are not going to take any phone calls. We have some suggested questions from our listeners, so you are going to hear those. Uh, but we are going to talk to two candidates who are running for the 27th District State Senate race. We want to thank State Senator John Gordner. He is the Republican incumbent uh, for coming in today. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here, Mark. I really do appreciate you coming in. Thank you. And uh, Mrs. Michelle Siegel is here. She's the Democratic challenger for this uh, particular seat. So thank you for coming in. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And I think it is uh, noteworthy to point out that there are a lot of times when there is an a, a election or a race where you don't get to hear from the candidates uh, both sides in a series of election forums. Uh, many incumbents do not wish to debate uh, challengers, and so this is one race around here uh, where we're glad to say that these particular candidates have been uh, in several different fora. So we're glad that they're back on here today. We do have a format that is structured today with two-minute answers to questions and then 30-second opportunities for a response. At the conclusion, they'll all have a three-minute opportunity for closing remarks, and they get to start out with an opening comment that will be about two minutes. Uh, we did flip a coin ahead of time. Joe McGranahan is going to chime in and give us uh, the timing as we go through. He'll do so verbally so that our audience will know also when the 30-second uh, mark is is occurring and so we appreciate the uh, uh, him monitoring this rob centers our producer kevin her uh, set up our studio today so we appreciate his engineering expertise let's start out with our opening comment michelle uh, you get to go first hi everyone i'm michelle siegel and i'm born and raised here right in snyder county I spent a lot of time um, in the woods with my grandmother who would um, teach me where to pick uh, tea berries and find walking sticks and the one day she took me to the top of the hill and there was nothing there and I asked her what it was and she told me it was it was death. Now I know at my grandparents house you could not drink the water it was uh, smelled like sulfur. Um, my grandfather got colon cancer. He fought that his entire life. He was a World War II veteran. My uncle didn't fare so well. He started with colitis. He fell through the cracks of our health care system. And his colitis left untreated, because we didn't have GoFundMes then, turned into cancer and he died in his 50s. My uncle died from drinking water in Pennsylvania. And my grandparents had to bury their son. I have lived through this. I have seen what the people live through. I've had to go on Medicaid because my father's insurance would not pay for a surgery I needed. So I've lived this. I want government to get back to the people. I believe what our founders wanted is the government is supposed to be for we the people and that's why I'm doing this and that's why I'm running and I think that our children deserve better. All right, uh, thank you for that. Uh, John, an opening remark, please. First of all, thanks, Mark, uh, to you and Joe and WKOK for hosting this uh, forum this morning. I've been honored over the last 17 years to be the state senator for the 27th Senatorial District. Uh, great people, great region, uh, hardworking individuals. I've been pleased to be that hardworking uh, senator in Harrisburg. Uh, I serve as Majority Whip, which is one of the leading leadership positions, uh, which has enabled me to have a seat at the table as discussions have gone by in regard to budget and other issues. Uh, I've been able to get uh, grants returned back to the district, uh, whether just recently uh, as diverse places as uh, Lewis Township, uh, Richfield, Shemokin, Zerby Township, Snydertown, uh, Sunbury, uh, Shemokin. Uh, it's those sorts of things that uh, are very helpful in order to make sure that the monies that are going to Harrisburg are coming back to our area. It's been a busy year. Uh, we've received thousands of constituent contacts uh, through uh, 
my Harrisburg office through the website uh, to my three district offices, which are scattered about. Uh, a lot of it has to do with unemployment compensation, uh, PennDOT type of issues, uh, but I've been glad to uh, be a part of a system where we have helped uh, thousands of constituents this year and heard their concerns uh, because it's important that when I vote on legislation that I'm listening to uh, what the constituents think and how to vote on their behalf. Uh, I've been pleased to uh, sponsor very significant legislation. I've had over 40 bills signed into law, almost all of them unanimously, by the way, and that's the way I've operated uh, both in Harrisburg and back in here in the district uh, in a bipartisan may, uh, way, working with Democrats, working with Republicans, working with independents, in order to get uh, things done, because that's ultimately how we are judged at the end of the day. Have you been able to uh, get things done uh, for the district and for the people that you represent? And I'm looking Time. to do that for another four years in Harrisburg. Uh, John, we'll stay with you for the next question. It has to do with the coronavirus. The governor's taken a lot of heat for the responses that his ma he's made. Uh, we know from interviewing you during this year, this has been a source of like literal frustration for you throughout this time. Uh, what would you have done if you were governor, and what permanent fixes uh, might be made that would prevent this kind of an adversarial relationship in the future? Well, it's frustrating. Back in March, uh, when this first hit, we did work in a bipartisan way. Uh, I think we passed four or five bills unanimously in the House and Senate, uh, the governor and the House and Senate working together, Democrats and Republicans working together, and that's frankly how it should have stayed throughout the whole process. Uh, but beginning in April, the governor just went his own way, and actually it was the end of March. First of all, he was one of the only, one of only a few governors in the whole country that didn't follow the federal SISA guidelines. Uh, almost every governor did. He didn't. Uh, he set up his own procedure. And that's what started this whole uh, waiver process, which ended up being a disaster. Even the Auditor General, who's a Democrat, has said that it uh, did not go well. Uh, for a while, we were the only state in the country that didn't allow construction. We were the only state in the country that didn't allow real estate sales, purchases, or rentals. We were the only state in the country that didn't allow auto sales or leases. Uh, when 49 other states are doing it and you're not, uh, those are things I would have done differently as governor. Uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, gave the governor an F. Uh, one of only five governors that got an F for handling of the economy. Uh, and his decisions to benefit the Walmarts, it's been estimated that Walmart has made a billion dollars in Pennsylvania as a result of the actions of the governor. Uh, so why can 300 people be in a Walmart or a Home Depot, and yet two or three people can't be in a, a downtown store in Sealands Grove or Danville or Lewisburg? Uh, I would have done that differently. Businesses want to follow CDC guidelines. They want to require masks. They want to uh, make sure that there's uh, six feet uh, distancing. Uh, they've put up plexiglass in front of uh, checkout counters. Uh, let the small businesses operate under those CDC guidelines. Uh, I, that's one of the things I would have done differently. Right now, the hospitality industry is a disaster. Uh, it has been so hard hit. And again, they're just looking to be able to be open. And as the the, the weather gets colder, it's going to be dif difficult. So those are some of the things that I would do differently, Mark. All right, Michelle, what would you have done differently, and what will you do to ensure that we don't end up with this adversarial relationship again? So we did start out originally um, working together, but what is not being said here is as soon as the governor's favorability went up, then the legislature decided it would be more beneficial to them to start pulling political stunts. And what is going on here is we have been risking my mother's life, who is a health care worker, my son's life, who's been going to school, because we have not gotten the funding that the governor has asked to, that the federal government has given to us, to these institutions that need them right now. It's unacceptable. These businesses could be further opened if we would have got the HVAC systems upgraded like the CDC guidelines wanted. I understand why a bar and restaurant owner is frustrated right now, because it has been the MO of politics right now to keep people angry, and it's not okay. We, we should be coming together. I, I'm the granddaughter of World War II veterans. My grandparents told me what we did during World War II. We came together. People donated tires. They put their cars up on cinder blocks. 
It's tough. It's hard. This isn't easy. And what's coming, the case spike in rural is going to be devastating. And we're not prepared because our legislature is sitting on money, millions of dollars, that is supposed to be going to us. It's the people's. Our taxes pay for this. It belongs to us. 30 seconds. We need... We need to make sure the PPE is actually getting to the people. We, we keep hearing that there was PPE passed. There wasn't. It's not getting where it's My mother has to reuse the same mask for eight days. We have not protected our workers, which these businesses were liable. The, the, the private insurers told, said, if you do not follow every guideline, you will not be covered and you will be liable. And that's being lost here. So do we want businesses to be bankrupted and go out of business? Or do we want to protect them, which the governor has been Con. trying to do? You get an opportunity for a response if you so choose. I'll just seconds. mention uh, that we have driven out $3 billion, uh, actually, again, in a bipartisan way. We did it at the end of May. So despite what Michelle just said, we actually did at the end of May do it in a bipartisan way, drive out money. Uh, I can tell you that all of my school districts, all of them have received hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, from us that I voted for uh, to be specifically used for uh, wellness purposes, as well as hospitals. Uh, the hospitals and the medical community have received hundreds of millions of dollars, which I've been pleased to support. Uh, do you care to respond? If you wish to elaborate on your remark, you may. Yeah, I, I just want to point out that I, I don't think these money is actually going where it's supposed to. I mean, I talked to a, a teacher at a school district and said that um, she's a Shemokin teacher, and she ha had heard that most of the money that was supposed to go to them actually went to uh, non-brick-and-mortar schools. The brick-and-mortar schools need them. It's right here, Michelle. Right here. It, 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 you're not listening to the people, sir. You're it, on the ground. All right. Again, you can clarify if you, if you need to. Uh, I've got lists of, uh, and I've actually done conferences with the CSIU and all of the school superintendents who have thanked me for the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we've got to our school districts. I wish you would stop lying on this issue. All right. And you get a brief response. Michelle. That's that's not true. The nurse, you won't even let the nurses in their office. Don't talk to them. Don't tell me SEIU. I, I've been on those calls. They're bawling. They don't you have You have not PBA. been on any call yes, with I've, the CSIU. Not with us. One at a time, really. We'll try to resolve this issue as best we can, but just one at a time. Go ahead. I, I've listened. I've been on calls with the nurses. The nurses don't have whistleblower protections. They're not allowed to open their mouth. Okay. okay. And then one, one ten-second remark. Uh, Michelle has not been on any phone call that I've been with the uh, school superintendent that I've been on with several so separate calls. Okay, yes. we'll leave it at that. One of our good listeners sends us a note and says, never let a political candidate out of your studios unless they've asked the question about their views on abortion, gun control, and the death penalty. So we ask those three again, as uh, we have in the past. And so we'll start with Michelle. Uh, three big topics wrapped into one, but uh, important topics to our listeners. So I believe in the Constitution. I am not, I'm not in in the game of taking anybody's guns again my grandfather was in the nra I, I i'm not that's not why i'm running for office um as far as abortion uh we need to do better in pennsylvania to make the adoption program better my husband and i adopted and uh we had to go through florida because it's it's tough in pennsylvania so if i was elected i would work to make sure good hard-working families who choose to adopt can adopt and, and that's not happening in pennsylvania and um, what was the third one? I'm uh, abortion, gun control, abortion. So you are a pro-choice yes, individual. That's yes, safe but to I, say. I, I don't believe the government should be involved in anybody's medical decisions. That's all I, all I care. But I think that there's other things we can do to counter it. Push, you know, make sure people have contraceptive care. Make sure adoption process is easier. And Pennsylvania uses the death penalty. That's the so last element. There's a lot. To, this, this I could talk to a, a lot about. The, the, the issue is uh, the medications that they're using are, are not safe. They're using cheaper medications that are actually not doing the job. Doctors are actually walking away that are in charge of it and saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And again, I firmly just don't believe. I'm taking a libertarian stance on this that the government should be murder, murdering people. I just don't think that's the government's job. 
Okay. Thank you. Uh, John, same questions. Uh, the, the listener wraps abortion, gun control, and death penalty into sort of a uh, probably a litmus test type question for our candidates. Sure. In regard to uh, the gun issue, I have always received the endorsement of the sportsmen's groups as well as the NRA, so uh, I've worked very hard on that issue. We have uh, more guns than people in, in my district, and yet uh, we don't have the issues that the cities and other places have because uh, people learn uh, gun safety at a young age and uh, treat guns uh, the way they should. So I'm pleased to continue to get the endorsements of the sportsmen's group and the NRA. Uh, in, the gar- in the issue of um, abortion, uh, I do believe that there should be exceptions uh, for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Uh, but other than that, I have been a pro-life candidate my entire career and have always received the support of, of the pro-life federation. I, I, uh, I was incredibly frustrated when the governor uh, recently vetoed a bill that we sent him that would have prevented uh, abortions in the case of Down syndrome uh, people. This is actually a, a month in which we uh, celebrate the life of Down syndrome uh, individuals. Uh, great uh, uh, example on Channel 16 last night with uh, someone who runs cross country, but uh, the governor unfortunately vetoed that bill that uh, would have protected Down syndrome. And finally, in regard to death penalty, uh, I support the death penalty. We haven't had it in probably a decade or more here in Pennsylvania. Uh, I did vote to end it uh, as it relates to minors and mentally challenged individuals, and, and my predecessor, frankly, was big on that issue, uh, Senator Ed Helfer. Now, neither of you used up all of the time available. So in 30 seconds that remains, are there any common sense changes in gun laws which would make us safer? And I thank Senator Toomey for coining that phrase about 10 years ago. Uh, Sure. Well, first of all, there's a group uh, locally called Moms Demand Action, and a very active uh, group. And we actually uh, did a very significant change in the gun law just uh, two years ago as it relates to domestic violence cases. Uh, Those are always horrible situations. And unfortunately, uh, there are men who uh, get PFAs against them that then decide that they should take the life of of their partner. Uh, We strengthen that law with everyone working together. That was a great example of uh, all sides working together in order to make sure uh, that those guns are taken away from folks that uh, should not have them in that case. Common sense changes in gun laws that could make us safer? Michelle? Um, I've been endorsed by Mom's Demand. Um, I think there's... You know, little things that we need to do to make sure those that are not being a responsible gun owner don't get them. I'm from a family of responsible gun owners. I believe upholding the Constitution, but if you infringe and hurt somebody, you infringe on somebody's rights with a gun, then the Constitution, we have the right to say, you lost your right. We need to treat this as a right, and that's how we need to think of it. That's how the Constitution says it. Okay, thank you so much. We are going to take a break here. We're so glad to say that uh, we're about one-third of the way through our conversation with State Senator John Gordner and Mrs. Michelle Siegel, uh, 27th District Election Forum. We'll take a break, and we will return shortly. For L.A. or Tampa Bay in the World Series, you'll hit a home run with a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. Always be treated like a champion at SMC. Hurry in now and check out the 2020 Kia Fortes. Sunbury Motors Kia has them starting at $17,998. Under $20,000 for a brand new car. Sunbury Motors also has 24 2020 Kia Seltos available. You have to check out this hard-to-find, small-sized, all-wheel drive crossover. All prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Tampa Bay Rays, LA Dodgers, no matter who wins the national title, you'll be the big winner with a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. And thank you all for joining us here on uh, WKOK's On the Mark uh, program. Uh, today we are in our studios talking to the Democratic candidate for State Senate in the 27th District. Michelle Siegel is here, and State Senator John Gordner is the incumbent Republican, and he's agreed to be on our program uh, today. So we very much appreciate both of these uh, good guests coming along today. Legalizing marijuana, taxing it, uh, this idea was studied pretty heavily in recent 
a year, thanks to Governor Wolf and the Lieutenant Governor Fetterman. And uh, when uh, revenues started to decline this year, it kind of gained a little bit more money. At least it did in the uh, governor's view. Your view on this, this idea of legalizing uh, marijuana for individuals to use recreationally if they so choose? Uh, well, first of all, it's just been a couple of years that we have legalized medical marijuana. Uh, I certainly believe that uh, we need to make sure that we fully understand uh, the impact of that in the industry that out, is out there. Uh, we have, as you know, manufacturing stores uh, that do marijuana locally as well as uh, retail stores. And uh, I think when we authorized that law, we sort of told that industry that we we would give them three, four, five years in order to see exactly how it was working, if it was working well, not well, and the changes that need to be made. Uh, I'm not sure if people realize that since uh, 2018, uh, we have been in uh, nine uh, heroin and opioid emergency periods. Uh, the governor initially established one in 2018 for 90 days. He's done eight extensions of it. So we are in this heroin and opioid emergency, uh, and I think it would be the wrong time in order to uh, legalize uh, another drug uh, that has been seen as a feeder. And uh, every week in my local newspaper, and I also read uh, the other newspapers, uh, it talks about uh, folks that have been in uh, serious accidents, uh, and they've been charged with uh, driving under the influence of uh, marijuana. Uh, so it does impair. And unfortunately, uh, one of uh, the children of someone who I graduated from high school, uh, their child was killed uh, when someone who had ingested a bowl, and I'm not sure that I fully know what a bowl of marijuana is, but that's uh, what that person did. Uh, was seconds. so impaired that they uh, ended up uh, running in and killing uh, someone. So I think uh, now is the wrong time, and we should never do it for financial reasons. Never, ever do this for financial reasons. It should be done because it's uh, what someone believes is the correct medical thing to do, and uh, so uh, for those reasons, I would oppose it at this time. It's been talked about uh, for years, uh, revisited this year in part because of declining revenue because of the pandemic. Michelle? I think at this point it's necessary. Colorado has has done this. Um, they've made so much money that they're talking about possibly giving um, money back to the people. Um, it's been proven to help veterans with PTSD, and I think if a veteran is suffering a night and needs some help, they should be able to get it. Also, it's been proven to, um, that where states that have legalized, there's been a drop in, in childhood use. Eight to nine percent of kids stop using it. And so if you have 100 kids, eight or nine kids stop using it, their lives matter to me. And if, if, that's, if that's what's going to take, that's what we need to do. I, I think it would also help some farmers right now get around some of these um, Bertison red tape that doesn't allow them to grow hemp which could be a game changer for our farm industry. Many farmers want to grow hemp, and they're, they're not allowed to do it. So there, there's little things that would, if, if we legalize, would actually help this economy. It would, cre it would create business. It would create a lot of business. If, if we want to talk about being uh, a, for a free market, then don't inhibit a market. Let's, let's, let, let's let capitalists, let's let the people decide here. That's what this is about to me. So I, I, I think at this point we need the revenue. The governor has said that that revenue could help small businesses through COVID, and I think we need to let that happen. Well, your answer contained the fact that a veteran may struggle with PTSD. Medical marijuana would cover that already in Pennsylvania. 30 seconds. But I, the, the, the issue is many of them um, don't like going through the process. It's not easy. It's expensive. And, again, it, I've talked to a lot of people that are in that program, and it's, it, it's very it's, it's very expensive right now for sick, pe sick people. If you legalized it, it would drop the rates for those that are in the medical marijuana program, but that would help a lot of people that are on Parkinson's, lupus, everything like that. It would help them, too care to respond, if at all? Again, uh, the medical marijuana program would uh, provide that assistance. Uh, it sounds like my opponent is saying that we should have very cheap marijuana and it should be available for everyone. Uh, I would strongly disagree with that. Uh, and we actually have farmers in our area that are growing hemp. Uh, I've been with the uh, Agricultural sec Secretary, Russ Redding, uh, to at least two different farms that are growing hemp because we've now legalized that as a result of the federal government uh, uh, releasing some rules. Uh, so we have have uh, actually uh, hundreds of farmers around Pennsylvania Time. that are now legalizing growing hemp. Growing hemp. 
Yes, so I, 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 we, it needs to be expanded, and the best way to expand that is to legalize. I mean, I, I've talked to uh, Senator Judy Schwank, who's a colleague of yours. She talked about this yesterday with me, and she said that this needs to be done, and I fully support her on this. A great way to help these farmers right now in Pennsylvania is to make sure that we are giving them all the tools possible to, to make them uh, in better financial uh, uh, part right now. Some folks could say Pennsylvania could progress into the future, be a, a maybe a, a changes that you think would be necessary. It might be economic development, might be something related to personal behavior or freedoms. Uh, what are the important elements of progress in Pennsylvania that are needed, and how can we encourage and nurture that progress, Michelle? I think that we need to start putting policies back out that help us taxpayers that are not um, beholden to either party. The, the, the issues going on is this state has been run into the ground and the people have been fed crumbs. And it's unacceptable to me. It's our tax dollars. I, I'm running on the Rural Bill of Rights. It is 10 things that our rural communities desperately need addressed because we are paying these tax dollars. but. We've defunded government down in Harrisburg so much that they're running. There's there's buildings with offices sitting empty, but yet none of us got a tax break. Where's the severance tax on the fracking industry? Is we're the only state in Pennsylvania that does not have that is not happening, or the only state in the United States that that's not happening. And it's 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 unacceptable. We need to close the Delaware loophole. Let's make those not paying their fair share pay it. Pay it. That's what I'm presenting. We need to give these working class people a tax break in Pennsylvania and make those that have been skirting skirting paying taxes pay them. That's why Pennsylvania is in such dire straits. I believe that this state can be better. We, this is where America was founded. This is the, the country I believe in. We need to get government back to the people. John. Uh, progress in Pennsylvania, how can we do that? Well, first of all, we've got a lot of progress in our region, which is great. Uh, first of all, we have the largest transportation project in the whole state going on with the CSVT. Uh, that is moving along great, and there are lots of opportunities. Uh, Point Township and others have seen uh, the development that's going to occur as a result of the CSVT, so I was glad to uh, be the person responsible for getting that $850 million project back to our area. Uh, we have uh, abundant and uh, inexpensive energy as a result of the policies that uh, we followed uh, starting back at the end of the Rendell administration. Uh, we've seen that again just not too far from here with uh, $800 million uh, developments and new energy plants and making sure that that is getting out to our communities. Uh, I've been glad to have supported uh, business parks in our area. There's one in Columbia County right now uh, where there's four construction projects. Uh, the one uh, off of 522 that I helped a uh, decade ago uh, there's a great uh, grower uh, there as a result of the money that I got for that business park. Uh, Shimokin. Uh, there's been more uh, investment in Shimokin in the last four years than there's been in decades. And uh, I'm glad that I have been directly involved uh, along with Representative Mosser in that. Uh, just another issue is broadband. Uh, it's an issue that I've been working on for a decade, uh, mostly with CEDACOG. Uh, but uh, we will see more broadband deployed in the next couple of months than we've seen in a decade, and it's a direct result of the uh, monies that we got to local counties and my phone calls with of those county commissioners, uh, imploring them, insisting that they use a part of the federal CARES money to be used for broadband deployment. And I am pleased that every single board of county commissioners that I talked to followed uh, my uh, request and recommendation, and we will have, as a result of uh, working with DRIVE and the great work that Jennifer Wakeman does, more broadband, which is important to business and schools uh, during these times. You have an opportunity for a 30-second response if you so choose. I, I just think that we are in a very scary place when we have politicians using the word I, I, I. That's not what our founders intended. These people built the bypass. The workers built the bypass. You might have gotten funding for it, but this is the problem here and there and both sides are doing this this is this is supposed to be government for the people yes the legislature is supposed to make sure our money is getting there but it, it's not and and yeah we, our senator 
All right, that's all we have time for with a 30-second response and no response necessary. All right, we'll take another quick break. Uh, we thank you so much for listening t- today. Uh, we are enjoying a good conversation with uh, State Senator John Gordner, the incumbent Republican and the Democratic challenger in the November 3rd uh, election. Uh, when it comes to uh, the election night, we invite you to stay tuned to WKOK at 7 p.m. election night. Uh, we will have CBS News on the air. They'll do round-the-clock coverage on until early in the morning the next day, and uh, we also will have uh, WKOK reports at least uh, two times an hour from our local newsroom, letting you know how all the local candidates uh, made out in our local election races. So we invite you to listen to your vote count on election night on uh, WKOK. We'll be back with our election forum momentarily. When you look back over the last 105 years, a lot of things have gone on. Wars, revolution, inventions, discoveries, even pandemics. And there, through it all, has been Shimox Furniture. Hi, this is JP from Shimox Furniture. The good news is that we made it through a pandemic a century ago, and we're going to get through this one like we've gotten through all those other tough times. Together. After four generations, we've become the furniture company you go to when you want quality furniture at an affordable price. Now, to celebrate our 105th anniversary, we're offering incredible deals up to 40% store wide. American made recliners just $2.99. Queen size gel memory foam adjustable sets starting at $8.99. When you shop with us, delivery, setup, and removal of your old furniture and bedding are always free. We were voted the area's best furniture store five years in a row for a reason. So don't miss our 105th anniversary sale at Shimox Furniture on Route 61 in Coltmont or online at Shimox.com. Selling happiness since 1915. Welcome back. Uh, we are in the last third of our opportunity to talk to the Democratic challenger to State Senator John Gordner. Michelle Siegel is here. is from Sealands Grove. She talked a little bit about her background uh, when she made her opening statement, and she'll have an opportunity for a closing remark coming up. Uh, State Senator John Gordner is here. He is the majority whip in the State Senate right now. He's a Republican candidate for uh, re-election in Harrisburg. We're gonna, speaking of court packing, we're going to pack a question full of potential answers here. We're going to ask about redistricting and uh, the gerrymandering that is a perennial issue in the world today. And then uh, we're going to morph that right into election security. Today we've got a lot of mail-in ballots. So this process of, of the districts and then the voting, and we start out with John. First of all, the good news is the 27th uh, Senatorial District has been a very good compact district. I've represented it uh, for 17 years now, uh, and even prior to that when Senator Helfrick had it. Uh, it's Snyder County, Northumberland County, Montour County, Columbia County, and part of Luzerne. Uh, the only part that's really changed uh, when I first had it, I had the upper part of Dauphin County. Uh, that I've lost and uh, picked up more of uh, Luzerne County. But if you look at the district, it's very compact, and uh, you know I continue to support uh, efforts to make sure that the districts make sense and are compact as as best they can uh, around the state. Uh, From an election uh, security standpoint, again, I have faith in all of our local county uh, commissioners and election boards. Uh, I think all of them have uh, done a good job. As I mentioned before, uh, Northumberland County had a bit of an issue in the primary uh, because they were having a lot of turnover there in the office, uh, but now they have some uh, some, uh, full-time folks in there, and they've just hired a bunch of part time people. Uh, there was a little issue in Snyder County. I think that's been resolved, but I have full faith in uh, local uh, county election boards. I've been frustrated with the state Supreme Court and some of the decisions they've made. Uh, just another one in regard to signatures. Uh, whenever I go in to vote in person, I always have to sign the book, uh, and it uh, is meant to make sure that the signatures look somewhat like uh, each other. Uh, the, uh, the state Supreme Court said uh, even though there's a provision in law that uh, they can no longer use uh, signatures a check. 30 seconds. Uh, the state Supreme Court uh, basically just said that uh, they'll accept ballots up to three days afterwards, even if there's not a postmark on there. And that's that's what our complaint is. If, if, if the ballot is postmarked on Monday, uh, then fine. Uh, you know, we can do that. But what they said is that they have to count ballots even if there's not a postmark on it. And that has raised concerns from some people that the election may turn out a certain way on Tuesday Time. and people may start sending ballots in on Wednesday. All right. Uh, Michelle, we were talking about the redistricting and the gerrymandering that results and uh, election security. 
So on gerrymandering, I have um, uh, endorsed the Fair Districts platform. I don't think any political party should be drawing lines in Pennsylvania. It should be coming from a completely independent um, group of people that are um, not beholden to party interests. Um, uh, that's just something I fully believe. We need to get government back to the people. And when you're gerrymandering districts, you're not allowing the voice of the people to be heard in Harrisburg. And that's why we don't have the representation we deserve in Pennsylvania. Uh, um, as far as the election issues, I, I'm going to point this out again, that the, re the majority party of the legislature voted for Act 77. You know, maybe these little issues that are being brought up here should have been better addressed in that act that we wrote. I read these bills constantly, and they are a mess. There are little things that people could have done better to fix some of these issues. But most voters have already turned in their mail-in ballots in this area, and those that haven't are taking them to the polls because they want to vote in person. So if you turn your mail-in ballot with the security envelope and, and what it was mailed in over on election day to your polling place, you can vote in person. So I, I think it's disingenuous to, to think that all these voters are going to be cheating. These are good rural people. They're, they're not going to do this. I, I, we have put in people's heads to divide each other so much over this issue when our Constitution says we have the right to vote. That is what our founders, the one thing, the one thing seconds. that they want us citizens to do was vote. And I don't understand why it, the one thing that I cannot believe running for office that I have found and Kristen and I have found is how hard it is in a country that wants the people to vote is trying to stop it. it it's not what our founders intended, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a shame to me. Response, if you wish. John. Just a response regard to redistricting. Uh, it's interesting. Our congressional districts, because of a state Supreme Court decision, our congressional districts were drawn up by a Stanford professor from California. Uh, I think that's wrong that our state Supreme Court took that away from the legislature and those of us that are elected by the people and gave it to one individual who's a Stanford professor from California uh, who drew it up. And hers, hers are uh, gerrymandered the other way uh, to support Democrats out in California. Uh, in regard to voting, I encourage everyone to vote. Uh, I believe everyone should have that right, and I would encourage everyone to make sure they vote this election. Care to elaborate, Michelle? Yeah, again, it, 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 both sides gerrymander. So uh, what I'm proposing is a complete independent group, what Fair Districts Platform is proposing, that is not beholden to any party. That's how this should work. And as far as voting, I, I, again, Act 77 was pu passed by a Republican legislature. That is getting lost here. Re governors don't write legislation. The legislature does. So we need to remember that when all these issues start popping up. Let me direct one of our 30-second responses, if you don't. I'll start with uh, John. Should we appoint our state Supreme Court justices? Would that help solve this issue you've raised in throughout your responses? Well, it's interesting. Uh, five of our state Supreme Court justices right now are from two counties. We have, we have 67 counties in the state. Five of them are from two counties, Philadelphia and Allegheny County. Uh, I have supported legislation uh, authored by Senator Ryan Ament and have voted for it that would divide it up into districts so that we would make sure that from our region we would have someone on the state Supreme Court. I think that would be awesome. And you would you would better know who that person is because they would be from our area. So I support legislation that would divide the state up into Time. seven judicial districts instead of having five from only two counties. I'm directing a response, a further response on our election question. Should we appoint our state Supreme Court justices? Michelle? They, they belong... Um that, that choice belongs to the people. Uh, that, that's, that the, the courts are supposed to be not partisan. The courts are supposed to be the last line of defense from bad legislation to the people. And it upsets me that we've politicized the courts so much in Pennsylvania and this country. That is not what our founders attend, intended. They are supposed to be our protection. And it's, it's just, it breaks my heart when I see what we're doing to what our founders wanted Time. in this country. All right. Thank you, Joe, and thank you, both of our candidates. All right. Uh, last question before our break, and then we'll have uh, closing remarks from everyone. Uh, the state's revenues aren't what they used to be. Uh, you've been monitoring this uh, throughout the year as you've run for election, Michelle. Uh, what's your view on ways to bolster state revenues and the, the state budget and the tax levels in Pennsylvania? So, uh, again, I am fully supportive of a severance tax. As I said earlier, we are the only state in the United States 
states that's not taxing the fracking industry, and we are a commonwealth. So what is in the land belongs to the, the, the common good of the people. We should be getting something back from it. I also believe uh, closing the Delaware loophole. Let's make these big, giant corporations that aren't paying their fair share put back into the tax base. Let's give our small businesses a break for once. Let's give the taxpayers a small break for once because they're being fed crumbs. Our money is also not going to where it's supposed to be. It's being misappropriated and stuck other places like this CARES funding. The legislature is going to stick it in the budget because they haven't funded things properly and and they know there's a financial disaster looming in Pennsylvania. So now we're going to take the money that we need right now to get us through a disaster and stick it in a budget? It's wrong. This is not what our tax dollars are supposed to be doing. They belong to us. They belong to the people. It is time that we make those not paying pay for a share. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I would protect your tax dollar. I would make sure it was working for you, and I would not make sure you're burdened with another broad-based tax increase, which is on the horizon. It's, it's going to happen because they know how defunded this state is. They're just being disingenuous about it. All right, uh, John, please. Uh, certainly, the COVID has created a uh, financial issue in Harrisburg. Governor Wolf's policies have made it worse. I know the, my opponent uh, has said that uh, she would support tax increases and the taxes are going up. Uh, I will not support tax increases after November, so there's not going to be any November surprise uh, from me. Uh, as I've said in some previous forums, uh, thankfully, our appropriations chair has put together a budget uh, that would uh, fill the hole as a result of. Uh, 1.3 billion that uh, we put in a restricted account, which uh, now makes a lot of sense in regard to what we did. Uh, a billion more in revenue that's coming in based on the independent fiscal office over what the governor projected, and an additional billion from the federal government from uh, FMAP monies. Uh, we have a budget on paper that we can adopt uh, in November uh, that would uh, keep a funding level as well as uh, have no tax increases, and I think that's very important. Uh, again. Uh, my opponent uh, uses the, uh, the, the the democratic line that uh, the Pennsylvania Budget and Policy Committee puts out that we don't have uh, any severance tax. Uh, we're the only state in the country that has a uh, local impact fee. It's generated over $2 billion in regard to every other tax that the energy industry pays. The energy industry pays every tax, and then they pay an additional $2 billion. What, what the Democrats and my opponent, I guess, are frustrated with is that it doesn't all get sucked into Harrisburg, that when we came up with the local impact fee, we put it in those communities impacted uh, by drilling, as well as all the counties. Uh, Snyder County, Northumberland County, Montour County are all getting monies directly that gets used for bridges and recreation, as well as uh, clean water and sewer projects. Uh, I have had several dozen of my communities that have uh, obtained uh, monies from that local impact fee that have been used directly to benefit, uh, whether it's Freeburg, uh, whether it's uh, been Lewis Township, uh, sewer and water projects, and I think that's good rather than money getting sucked up into Harrisburg into Time. some block call choose to respond so we, we've already been doing that with the gas tax money's been sent down to Harrisburg that my opponent voted for which taxed your rural people um, disproportionately number two the severance tax if it would have been put in in 2015 like the governor asked it would have given property tax owners by this time thirty six hundred and fifty dollars in their bank account we could have used that right now all of us. My family could. Do you know where my uh, money I got from the government went to? The uh, My dog ate a dryer sheet. That's where my money went to, the stimulus Time. check, because he had to have surgery. Okay. Uh, let me direct a response from both of you. Uh, she mentioned the Delaware loophole. So you can respond as you so choose, based on what she might have just said, or uh, or and or add in the Delaware loophole. Uh, I didn't hear you talk specifically about that. Yeah, and I think we've corrected something. She had lied before in regard to texts and emails and stuff that she had sent out and a letter to the editor that I supported the Delaware loophole. We've never had legislation to create any such animal. Uh, so uh, I think she's corrected that lie that she was, uh, was saying. Uh, Look, uh, it, uh, it is something that uh, we look at, but one of the employers in our area, one of the top five employers in our area, takes advantage of that in order to make sure uh, that they can deal with our second highest in the country corporate net income tax. Time. At 9.99%, we have the second highest in the, in the country, and so people need to make sure that they... Uh, bring that down. Okay, you're going to get a bonus 45 seconds. So I, I, th I think we need to understand that the taxpayers deserve a break. 
we're the ones funding the state. It's coming out of our hard work, and we're never getting anything back from it. That's why these people are angry. That's why people don't trust government anymore, because I, we know that our taxes are going, they tell us they're going one place, and they're going somewhere else, and that has to change. This is not what this is not the way government is supposed to work. It is. It, I, I think we deserve better than this. I don't think our our working people should be so burdened anymore. They deserve the break. The small businesses deserve the break. Those not feeding into this tax base, they're the ones that should be paying. I'm not. I would never vote for a broad-based tax increase on these people. All right. We're going to take another break on our program. When we come back, our candidates will have an opportunity for their uh, closing arguments. Since we have an attorney in the room, we're going to ask for a closing argument when we return. Whether you're cheering for L.A. or Tampa Bay in the World Series, you'll hit a home run with a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. Always be treated like a champion at SMC. Hurry in now and check out the 2020 Kia Fortes. Sunbury Motors Kia has them starting at $17,998. Under 20 grand for a brand new car. Sunbury Motors also has 24 2020 Kia Seltos available. You have to check out this hard-to-find, small-sized, all-wheel drive crossover. All prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Tampa Bay Rays, LA Dodgers, no matter who wins the national title, you'll be the big winner with a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Welcome back. It's Tabitha KOK's live telephone talk show. We are talking to the candidates for 27th District State Senate in Pennsylvania, a region that is based in our area. John Gordner is the incumbent. He gets to make a concluding remark first, and then we'll hear from Michelle Siegel, the Democratic uh, challenger. John, please. Well, first of all, thank you for holding this forum. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been an honor to be the state senator from the 27th Senatorial District. Uh, I've mentioned in other forums about uh, the importance of my parents, uh, two great individuals, two hardworking individuals. Uh, I've been working since age 12 and uh, I continue to work hard for the people uh, every day in this area. I'm pleased to be the majority whip uh, for the Senate. I've been there for six years. It's allowed me to be at the table in all the big discussions as it relates to budget and other funding issues as well as uh, other important issues, uh, and especially this year as we've approached uh, the whole COVID-19 situation. I'm pleased to be uh, available in accessible to the constituents of my district. Uh, I've held uh, six or seven teletown halls over the last couple of years. We've averaged about 4,000 people on each of those calls. I've taken questions. Uh, we've done polls, which has been great. Uh, during the last uh, seven months, I've sent out, I think, 30-some e-newsletters e uh, to constituents, uh, to thousands of people that we have emails on. And uh, I know we've got great response from uh, people with the valuable information. We've heard from thousands of people this year that have gone to the website, uh, that have contacted our offices. Uh, we've helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them uh, with unemployment, uh, which is huge, uh, getting through that red tape. Uh, so I'm pleased to be able with my district offices and staff to handle all these constituent matters on, on things that are important. I've been pleased to have uh, over 40 bills signed into law, most of them in a bipartisan, unanimous way. Uh, big pieces of legislation. Uh, speaking of unemployment comp, uh, Back in 2011, our state unemployment fund was $3.5 billion in debt to the federal government. It was my legislation that uh, rescued that, that paid it back, and that got us to 200% funding uh, in January of this year. Uh, the governor lauded it, uh, as a matter of fact. So thankfully, my legislation established uh, that uh, UC fund so that when people lost their jobs Time. in March, they were able to access uh, it. So I, That was three minutes, Joe? I'm sorry, that was two. You didn't tell me it was yeah. going to be three. Sorry. Uh, yep, three minutes. Pardon me, Joe. Sorry about that. Another minute, please. Thank you. Uh, I've, I've done legislation to reestablish the uh, Homeowners Emergency Mortgage Assistance Program. There are folks that uh, get down on their luck and uh, need help with uh, with their mortgage assistance, and uh, that program had ended, and my legislation resurrected it, and it's still in existence today. Uh, I authored legislation that created uh, $200 million for, uh, for sewer and water projects. So 
uh, all around the state, uh, which is very important. So I've had uh, substantive uh, legislation that has passed. Uh, so I, I've, I've been able to get uh, the largest transportation project in the district, uh, the CSVT and other local issues. Uh, I've gone to bat with our local representatives in order to deal with difficult situations, whether it was the closing of wood mode. Uh, no one worked harder than Representative Culver and I in regard to Sunbury Hospital and the dozens and dozens of meetings and hours that we did in regard to that. And the most recent announcement last week in regard to the textile mill and what we're now doing in regard to that project. So Tom. I look forward to continue to working hard for the people of the 27th Senatorial District. Michelle, three minutes. I'm just a mother and a wife and a former youth leader who loved the kids so much she was working with that she decided to put everything on the line to try to make the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania better. My my grandparents told me about the America that, that they saw, and I, I think that is possible. I've done town halls since the, the, since the initial shelter in place every week on Facebook. Our current senator has no active Facebook. There's nobody giving you information on the way most people get their information now. I made parades, virtual parades, on Memorial Day and July 4th with Kristen, where we tried to give these people an alternative, tried to keep people's uh, mental state up, because this is going to be hard. And the outbreak that is coming in rural Pennsylvania from COVID is going to be disastrous. I have already been calling, talking to constituents. I've already been doing this job here for the people, for the small businesses. I've been advocating them for them. I started a little thing behind the scenes, which, you know, we couldn't have my name tied to that. So I was told from the powers above that I had to walk away from it, which I happily did because I believe in the good of the people. And my, our opponent keeps saying that he is the whip. And I, I hope you all understand that the whip's job is to be partisan. He tells his people how to vote. I think it's something in government that needs to go. It is one of the things that is causing partisanship in, in Pennsylvania, is the position of the whip. Government has to get back to the people. I can offer you a truly independent voice that takes your issues down to Harrisburg and fights for you fights for the rural issues that are not being addressed because we're, we keep see, hearing that this stuff is being fixed. We're not seeing it. Our roads are still potholes. Shemokin is a mess. Where's the revitalization that we're promised? Where's the tax dollar working for we the people? It, it, it's not anymore. Government has to be better than this. Government has to be better than a, a, a party on, on, on either side. Pennsylvania is a toxic cesspool right now of these online coal ash pits, of what the fracking industry has done, and my opponent has just happily let them do it. And our children are getting sick. I'm sick. Our families are sick. And the nurses aren't allowed to talk about it because you won't let them have whistleblower exceptions. We know what's happening here. And I, I, think, seconds. The, I think the people know that the jig is up. The jig is up. So thank you. All right. Uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, coming on to our On the Mark uh, program today. We've been talking to Michelle Siegel, Democratic Challenger for State Senator in the 27th District, and uh, State Senator John Gordner has been here. Thank you both so much for coming in today. Very much appreciated. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. We are going to join the Dan Patrick Show already in progress. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury.